I was able to save enough money that I was able to cover my room and board. So I didn't, I graduated from college with zero dollars in student loans, like literally zero dollars. Dude, that's a huge accomplishment in today's world, you know? (laughs) Right. That's that's massive. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. Welcome to episode 33 of the Military Bottom Line Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I have a special guest this week, Walter Ramos. Walter is now a bar certified lawyer, and he has done it nearly entirely free through a tuition waiver offered to him by the New Hampshire Air National Guard. Uh, He's got an awesome story of persistence and kind of proving and showing that just because it has not been done does not mean that it cannot be done. And so his story of persistence um, is something that will benefit people for years to come that have the you know, same or similar ambitions as he does. So I, I think uh, it's a story worth hearing, and I think you guys will enjoy it. What's going on, Walter? Thanks for joining me today. Hi, how are you, man? Good, dude, good. I, I know we've been uh, waiting to connect for a little bit till you kind of pass that next checkpoint in life, and you can kind of speak on that as part of uh, your whole your whole experience. So um, congratulations to you for passing the bar, and uh, I'm excited to hear kind of like how you got there, you know, like what, what made you join the the military in the first place? Well, I'm going to start with a little bit of background. So I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I lived there for 20 years. I came to UNH as an exchange student mm. the first time. And I was really supposed to be there for just one semester. And uh, New Hampshire, I don't know, the something about it like i love snowboarding and that first semester i was like hey man i i have to stay here and between that j term i started looking into hey how can i transfer how can i stay here i just i I, this is where i want to be and as soon as i gathered some information i was like yeah uh, it's not gonna happen unh is too expensive so i was like maybe i'm gonna just go back to puerto rico and finish my college there but Hmm. I, uh, that's, uh, I started looking at how could I afford school, things that I could do that could help me like stay here in New Hampshire. And I, that's when I saw the guard, the New Hampshire National Guard. And I started looking into it and this was in 2014. So basically I, I did that, uh, talked to the recruiters, found out some information. And after that, like, here I am. Did you just like stumble upon it? Like you're Googling ways to pay for college in New Hampshire and like the guard had an ad up or something like that? That's pretty much exactly how it happened. My my dad was telling me, hey, uh, you just start Googling things and see if you can get some grants or some scholarships. And I was literally Googling just like how to afford school in New Hampshire. And they're like New Hampshire National Guard. I was like, whoa, that sounds kind of fancy. Let's see what let's see what's that. That's Did you have base. any idea what the, the National Guard was before that? So 
Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, because when I was in college, I was in ROTC. Like I had, I I wanted to commission. So I knew about the national guard and I knew about the air national guard in Mm -hmm. terms of like what they are as a branch, but I didn't know like, like once you're in the benefits and like all the other things that come with being in the air and like being in an air national guard unit. So I had a very broad idea of what the guard is, but not really like enough to be able to like, like, Oh, like, yeah, this is going to help me. And this is what I should do. Like, I I didn't even know that that was going to be the best way for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, uh, UNH as a, you know, non-resident of New Hampshire is like, what, like, what was it? Like 40, 30 to 40 a year? Yeah. 40. Yep. Yeah. It's deep. And so you started talking to recruiters. Did you know, like, did you know what the specific benefits within the New Hampshire guard were, or you just went to the recruiter and they, you found out after the fact how good it was. <laughs> That's ex- I, so I online it said like, we offer great educational benefits mm-hmm. and we offer tuition waiver. But at that time I saw that and I couldn't really understand what a tuition waiver meant. Yeah. I mean, my mind could not comprehend that they were going to literally waive my tuition, yeah. um, especially knowing that it was 40 something grand a year. Yeah. I was like, Oof, like, like waving my tuition. Like, is that really literally <laughs> what they, what they mean? Uh-huh. So I went to talk to them and they're like, no, like that's exactly what it means. Like your tuition is a hundred percent waived. And uh-huh. I was like, Whoa, like, like seriously. And they're like, yep. Waved. And I was like, wow, like this actually seems like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. And I started doing all my paperwork. Um, at that time, I really like, I knew I wanted to go to law school already. Mm. So like my options were join the guard or start hitting those student loans. And yeah. I, I knew my educational career was going to be a long one with a potential of having to get more student loans in the future. So I was like, I don't want to start getting student loans early on yeah. if I don't have to. So that tuition wave was it. It honestly was perfect for me. Mm. So was there anything like, because you weren't a resident of New Hampshire, basically as soon as you signed into the guard, you became a resident of New Hampshire. And then like, there was no kind of, you know, fine print where it's like, Oh, if you're coming from out of state, you don't qualify for the full waiver. Like it's, it's still, you're in completely waived. Correct. Correct. As soon as I enlisted, my tuition was a hundred percent waived. Wow. Wow. Did you have to, I mean, what was the deal with like room and board? So basically that was the only thing that, uh, I had to pay for myself was room and board. Um, Mm -hmm. fortunately what I was making, what I, what I was able to make during basic training, tech school and on the job training, I was able to get a couple extra days during the summer, um, orders before I actually started school, I was Mm -hmm. able to save enough money that I was able to cover my room and board. So I didn't, I graduated from college with $0 in student loans, like literally $0. Dude, that's a huge accomplishment in today's world, you know? (laughs) Right. That's that's massive. Right on. So what, like, did you just take any job they had available because you're like, I want this, like, I'm, I'm here for the school and give me whatever job you guys need. Uh, Yes and no. Uh, and I, I, I use that uh, phrase a lot. And basically, <laughs> I, I I took my ASVAB and I had a, a list of jobs, probably like 
sure. 11 jobs I qualified for. And there were a couple that were really short tech schools and some of them that were really, really long tech schools. Mm. And I knew that I could only afford to lose one year of school. Mm. Like I, I could only take one gap year. I didn't want to take anything that was going to get me out of school for longer than a year. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a, like I was playing my numbers and it was really, this job I really like this job. I don't like as much. It's a shorter tech school. This job, I think it's pretty cool, but it's way too long of a tech school. So I was really just trying to see like, what was going to, well, a job that I could get, that I was going to be able to enjoy in that I was going to be able to finish all my schooling done, my on the job training and everything and be back. So that that very next fall, I could be in school once yeah. again. Smart. So basically I ended up picking uh KC 135 crew chief. So aircraft mechanic. Okay. Cool. Um, I, it was one of those things where it's a lot easier to get in aircraft mechanic training in the military than it mm. is in the civilian world. Yeah. Um, it's, it's expensive to become an aircraft mechanic in the civilian world. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Hey, like this is a skill that, I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to use it in the civilian world, but it's a skill that it's super interesting, something very unique. You tell a lot of people, Hey, I'm an aircraft mechanic. And they're like, wow, like that sounds really fancy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a skill that it's it's not as easy to get in the civilian world. So I just wanted something unique, something that was not going to really be like nothing similar to what I want my civilian job to be, basically. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, you definitely, how old were you at the time when you, you said? I was 20. I I was about to turn 21 when I signed my, okay. my enlistment contract. Okay. So you, I mean, you were thinking you know, as a 21 year old, like you were, had a lot of wisdom in the way you were going about this, you know, like you weren't just kind of like whimsically, you know, leaving one goal to pursue another. Like you were, you were strategically thinking as how, how you could move forward and like achieve all your goals at once kind of thing. Right. So, right. Yeah, and that's I, pretty awesome. I, I really was, I mean, a lot of my decisions were really looking towards my ultimate goal and how can I get there? What's going to make it, mm easier for me and just really trying to align myself in a way that when the time comes, I'm in a good position and I'm not just, just like shooting to whatever, whatever happens, happens. Like I was trying to stay like as aligned as I possibly could and just, just make it as easy for like as easy as I could possibly be for me later on. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So you joined and you knew you could get undergrad paid for it. You went to UNH, uh, you graduated. I mean, your first contract was six years, right? It just finished this past April. Okay. And so you, you graduated undergrad with no student loans, but how'd that go with law school? Like you have to pay for that, right? I mean, does, does it continue? I mean, is there in-state law school that you went to or how did that work? That is a very, very interesting story. So normally how it has worked before is there is no so in the past the tuition waiver specifically said that it it was able to cover your bachelor's degree Mm. a master's degree and a doctorate's degree like it it allows it, it has that flexibility interesting how however it didn't specify that it w- that it could cover JDs, which is a 
um, a law school degree or MD, which is a medical school degree. Hmm. So law schools and medical schools were saying that because it didn't specify it, that they couldn't use it and waive your tuition. However, if you went to UNH to get your doctorate in mechanical engineering, for example, Mm. because it wasn't either a JD or an MD, they would cover it. So in the middle of me applying to law school and everything, um, I started doing some research and I started asking like the schools, Hey, like I'm the guard. Would you, would you, allow me to use my tuition waiver here. And they, it was the same kind of story. No, we've never done this before. It's never been done. We don't normally do jurors, doctors or mm. medical degrees. I was like, well, I started asking like, why, like, why is this a thing? And why are you guys not, not taking it? And there it, it almost always the answer was it's never been done. So I was like, <laughs> I, I was I was trying to I was trying to go as back as it possibly could and everyone yeah. just kept saying it's it's just it's never been done and I was like, Well that's really not helping me. Like I'm the one that I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one who's gonna mm-hmm. have to start taking all these student loans because it's never been done, but no one's really yeah. giving me an answer as to why why it's never been done. Sure. So I started doing some research and doing like getting some like people like just asking questions about it and getting people talking about it, like the school registrars and the boards and everything just to see why that was the thing. And so the I, problem was way more with the schools than it was with the guard. Like the guard will sign the tuition waiver for whatever, yes. as long as the school accepts it. Correct. That is yeah. exactly correct. So it wasn't the guard, the guard signed my tuition waiver and they yeah. said, yep, he's good. And they sent it to the school. And then the school was like, yeah, it's never been done. We're not going to take it. Mm. And I started doing like getting like just doing some research. And I, I, until this is when it was very interesting. I, I deployed to Kandahar, Afghanistan in 2018. Mm. And I was in between my first year going into my second year of law school and I had already taken student loans for one year of law school because they had not covered that. But I I did not give up. I was Mm. like, there has to be some, some way that this has to work. Like there's no concrete answer as to why this isn't happening. So if I talk to the right people, something's going to happen. I I started emailing a bunch of uh, people that I knew and just, started getting like the conversation going. And when I was in Kandahar, I obviously, I was working for 12 hours and my other 12 hours, I was in my room, either sleeping or Googling, how can I convince them <laughs> to like, cover my, like accept my tuition waiver yeah. basically. So I I started messaging them and drafting some very nice, very polite mm. emails. And somehow I convinced them and wow. I got an email and while well, I was deployed and, and it was like something along the lines of, Hey, we've talked to the board of directors. We've talked to a bunch of people and we're going to start um, accepting wow. your tuition waiver. Wow. And I was like, wow, like this is the best news I've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah, at that okay. point. At that point. So I still had two years left of law school because I was going to start my second year and I still have my third year, which is, quite a significant amount of money. Yeah. I mean, like, 
like looking back, I wish I had started doing that when I was in college. But I mean, it's, it was still two full years of law school that that tuition waiver counted for. So, yeah. I mean, that's dude, like that's a awesome, awesome story. Like just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done, you know, and so. Right. To, to be that first one to like push those envelopes. Now there are people that will benefit from your hard work and your persistence for years to come, you know? Right. They should name right. a building after you or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At some point. Yeah, that's awesome. So did, was there any hope for them like giving you a refund for the first year or that was just kind of took that the loans and it is what it is? Yeah, that was kind of a, it is what it is. Like it's already like, it's now going forward a thing, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't retroactive. Yeah. I mean, not complaining. It's still, sure. like when I, when I quantify four years of law school, I mean, four years of college, two years of law school in like terms of the guard waiving my tuition, it's hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. Like it's yeah. just uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And right. it's, it's so like, you know, I feel like a lot of people kind of complain like the military doesn't get paid much. But then if you if you consider the cost of your tuition into, you know, a year by year uh, amount, like that's a pretty good paycheck, you know. Right. And right. Plus the interest you would be paying on those loans. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. It really um, is. Yeah, it so really is. Did you do all so you did undergrad and law school at UNH? I did. Okay. I did. Just um, because for- I mean, like. You, that's the program you wanted the most or how, how did you decide to do it all at UNH? Well, so the UNH program, I, I came to, like I said, I came to UNH as an exchange student. Sure. Um, and it was a special program called um, NSE national student exchange program, basically mm-hmm. same concept as what you would normally think of a exchange student but this is on a national level so it covers like virgin islands it covers um some provinces of canada all 50 states um but it is on a national level exchange program gotcha um so i did that from puerto rico and unh was one of the schools that was affiliated with the program so it it gave me the ability to go to unh for that first semester Mm. still paying the tuition that I would normally pay in Puerto Rico, which was like a thousand dollars a semester versus the (laughs) 40 something grand at UNH. So, um, I did that program and that's like, it was a good program. I liked the school. And originally when I first went there was just like, test it out. Just like, Hey, like, let's see if I like this. Let's see if this is something that I could do, or it was just to experience something different. Like I went there just to try it out. And I, my plan was really to go back and finish in Puerto Rico. Like I never intended, Hey, like this is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm going to go to school for the rest of my like educational Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And it so happened that I loved it. Like I I really did. Um, So like UNH is a undergrad school, the UNH Law School in Concord, fantastic school as well. Like mm. really great program, really like, like it's outstanding school. And then on top of that, it, if I ever can, it's the only law school in New Hampshire. And it's also part of the UNH public system school. Gotcha. So if I ever managed to convince them to mm. use my tuition waiver, it had to be there. Like there was no other other gotcha. way. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, to, for those listening, like the tuition waiver is specifically for New Hampshire state schools. So right. your options are a little bit limited, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's paid for. So who cares? <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you just finished your first contract. I mean, are you going to, you going to take the education and run kind of thing? Like you got what you wanted or have you found that you actually enjoy the guard and want to stay? Like, how is that? developed and kind of furthered your decision-making and career decisions? I just re-enlisted for another six years. So I'm in till 2026. All right. Congrats. Um, yep. I, I honestly, I love this unit. Um, mm. I've, and they've given me basically everything that I have at the moment, you know, like yeah. everything like I've, I've been in for six years, but they've given me so much more. Mm. Um, so like I've had a great time. I, I've honestly, like I've enjoyed every second of it. I've learned a lot. Yep. And I, I mean, I have, it's, a re, I did it at the beginning for the educational benefits, but sure. I've been able to get so much more out of it. I was like, why not? I mean, six years flew by. Like yeah. you think of six years and looking back when I was 20 or 20, 21, and I was like, wow, like I have to be in for six years. Like what's going to happen? And now I'm yeah. like, it flew by it literally felt like a, mm-hmm. I just blinked and my contract was over <laughs> yeah. and like I did all my schooling and now I'm like oh I can do another six years and mm. it, it just it flew by so I I enjoyed it and I'm here I'm here for the long run right yeah. now that's awesome so it's not even about like what more can I get out of it it's mostly just I enjoy it and you know now I've maybe have an opportunity to give give back kind of thing right. in a sense so yeah like that's our, really my mindset yeah it, it's worth noting like our motives change and they can change along the way you know and so there's there's nothing wrong with joining for one reason and staying in for another reason because i feel like that's usually how it goes you know honestly <laughs> so. yeah awesome so i mean is it something like i mean obviously you have had a very good experience with it um is it something like the military in general like that you would recommend i mean do you think it's out outside of the new hampshire air national guard and just kind of the military culture uh and your experiences in it is it something worth pursuing and worth recommending absolutely i would say absolutely um i think uh i mean i always i always tell this to my parents and like i i always have like a before and after joining mm-hmm. the military type of personality sure um like maybe not in my day-to-day life, but when it comes to like responsibilities and like, like actual like schoolwork, yeah. like my mentality towards what I wanted completely mm. changed. And it was like, it really helped me focus and look into like the bigger picture as to how am I going to achieve what I want and how am I going to do it in the best possible way mm. type of mentality. Yeah. Um, like my grades improved a lot. Like I, I mean, I've never, like I wasn't flunking my classes, but I was passing my classes um, before. And then I was excelling in my classes in the after. Um, So I, what do you think? I mean, what was like, what changed, you know, I mean, why, why is there a before and after kind of thing that, that actually has that effect? I'm really, I'm really still in the process of figuring that out. I just, yeah. I know it happened because I can see the complete, 
I can see the difference in like mm. the way I was approaching things. Like it wasn't more of like, Hey, I want to pass. It was like, Hey, I want to be the best. Like I mm. want to, like, I really want to be successful in what I'm doing instead yeah. of, I'm just going to coast through this. And if I pass, I pass. And if I like, that's like, it wasn't just like, Oh, it's, it's good enough. Like I really, mm. I really wanted to excel. Yeah. Um, I think there's something in the military that like brings out the competitiveness of people that maybe didn't think that they were that competitive, you know? (laughs) I I agree. I, I mean, I'm still looking back and trying to figure out like what really changed, like what was that like Mm. triggering moment? Um, I still, I'm still not there. Like I haven't figured that part out yet, but I, I I can feel that there was definitely a before and after Mm -hmm. um, me going through basic training, tech school, coming back and, a completely like, different mindset. It was more of like, Hey, I've made some very unique sacrifices to be mm-hmm. able to get to where I'm at and mm-hmm. I'm going to make the best out of it. Definitely. Um, so that kind of was what like sparked like, Hey, now it's time to really do my best. Cause I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've done some things that a lot of people don't, don't get to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think because I could speak to that too. Like when I was in high school, like I was a, I was a horrible student. I just didn't care. You know, I was like, whatever, get it done, move on. But like after leaving active duty in the Marine Corps, like I had so much more drive to like, you know, give that extra 10, 15% to get those A's rather than like be okay with a C kind of thing. Right. And that's not to say that like, Oh, all of a sudden, once you join the military, you're going to be a genius. (laughs) I think it's just your work ethic increases and you recognize that like you can actually, you know, push through those, those times when it sucks and get that, that better grade. So. Right. I right. Def, definitely speak to that. <laughs> yeah. And so e- even for like the grades alone, you know, <laughs> it's, it's worth, uh, worth going through that, that process, but right on. So like six, six more years, um, and you're now kind of beginning your legal career, trying to figure out how to do that. Um, how do you balance that with your military career? Is that, is that cumbersome? I, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I, I'm yet to see how I'm going to balance the full workload once I'm like fully established and I'm working at a firm or depending for a government agency, depending where I end up. Mm. Um, once that full load, I, it's my desk and I have to figure out how I'm going to balance. Like, I think that's, that's going to be very interesting. Um, but at the same time, ever since I've been in my, like in the guard, I've always been a full-time student as well. Mm -hmm. Um, now like I did three, I had already finished one year of college before I joined the guard, but I still did three years of my undergrad and I did three years of my, um, law school as well. So I've always been on that, like, Hey, I have to, it's, I have to get things done. I'm always on like this study mode or mm. like, my weekends are, I'm always studying. And whenever I'm not working, I was studying. So <laughs> I think, uh, I've learned to balance it. I mean, I know going into the workforce is probably going to be a lot more demanding. The mm. stakes are higher. Like you're actually like, there's, actual lives like you're handling so stakes are a lot higher every single thing that you do Mm. um so i it's it's also going to be a challenge as well but i think uh this past six years have definitely 
prepared me for the next six years that are about to come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think like, you know, having, especially as a, as a lawyer, when you're, you know, either defending or prosecuting whatever side you're on, like you are like, it's still affecting lives, you know? Um, right. And to, to have like two careers going on simultaneously that both like, you know, are very significant. Um, it's hard to give like a hundred percent to both, but it's something, one of those things that you just have to like learn how to balance. Um, and that's, you know, comes with practice kind of thing. And so right. not to, not to deter anybody from like saying, Oh, I can only do one career. Cause it's, it's an amazing way to kind of have the best of both worlds. Exactly. But it'll definitely take some work, you know, and some sacrifice for sure. Do you, do you have um, like specific aspirations for your military career or you're kind of along for the ride at this point or what, what do you hope to achieve within your military career? So before, I mean, at this point, I, I'd say for the next couple of years, like one, two years, I'm kind of just going to ride it out a little bit, see how things turn out. Um, and the reason being, it's not that I don't have those highest aspirations. It's mm. just, I'm in this transitional phase in my, in my life. Okay. I just, I just got admitted into the bar. I'm looking for legal jobs and I think it'd be not a smart decision. Like for example, like my, I, my aspirations are to commission the guard. I want to mm. be an officer. Cool. Um, but with that, there's also some schooling done in order to be able to achieve that. I have to go to officer school. And once I commission, I would have to go to my um, AFSC training as an officer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things combined, it's about, I mean, let's say a year, a year and a half, for example, um, could be a little bit more, could be a little bit shorter. But I don't think it's a smart decision for me at the moment once I get hired into a legal job yeah. right away to tell them, Hey, by the way, I'm also going to have to leave <laughs> for a year and a half or two yeah. years. Cause they're yeah. going to be like, then why are, why are we hiring you? Mm. So for me, it's like, it's more of a, yes, I do have those aspirations and it does help that I'm only 26, which I still have some time mm-hmm. until I hit that deadline and I can't commission any. Um, anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm kind of for the next couple of years, just going to see how things turn out. Um, just get us like, I, I want to focus on one thing at a time and make sure that that part of my life is good. Um, instead of just attack, like attacking too many things at once. And then mm-hmm. it's just all starts like falling apart. Mm. So I, my legal career right now is my priority. That's going to be my full-time commitment versus my military life. That's going to be my part-time traditional Definitely. commitment. So I want to get that squirt squared away once I'm all set and I have like been trained and I have, like I can, I feel like it's a good time to tell my supervisor, Hey, I got, I got offered this position mm. um, on base. Like, would you be okay with me leaving for a year, a year and a half? And yeah. hopefully they'll say yes. But um, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you know, you are protected kind of thing. Like, so you have that unique opportunity to say right. like, yes, you don't want to burn bridges and you want to make sure that they still uh, look at you as a reliable employee and like you're doing your job well but you have that, that protected ability to like pursue your, your military career in conjunction. And they can't really like, you know, it can make things difficult, but they can't really fault you or fire you or anything like that. So it's just a matter of remaining professional and and communicating, you know, well, so that's, that's cool. 
I, I think, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people that don't know about the military, they kind of just assume like it's super rigid and they're going to just all of a sudden tell you, you got to deploy tomorrow. And like that there's there, there would be no way to balance the two careers. I mean, in this state of transition that you're in, are you concerned that like, oh, they're just going to tell you you got to deploy tomorrow or are they, do they work with you? Like how, how does that, how does that relationship work? And are they more flexible than you, than you expected? Absolutely. Uh, there, it, there's a lot of flexibility and it does help when, you know, I mean, now this is all very um, unit shop dependent, um, sure. depending on your manning and how many people are available. Mm. Um, this can fluctuate a little bit. But for example, I was enlisted for six years. Um, I just finished my first year enlistment and I deployed twice. Once was in 2016. Um, that was to Guam for two and a half months. And then the second time was to Kandahar 2018 for a little bit over two months, just not like nine weeks. Um, and that was it. Um, so six years, two big deployments, a couple of TDYs here and there. Every single time, whenever there was a deployment coming up, at least a year, if not earlier than that, they were already telling me, hey, there's a possibility that uh, we might get tasked. Um, are you available? Can you do it? Do we have to like figure something out? Do we have to swap you with someone? Um, and they were all working with me. Cool. Um, there was one time that I was going to be the, like I, my name got put up a, in a list to deploy and I was in the middle of school and my supervisor was like, Hey, don't worry about it. We have another deployment in the summer coming up. I'll go for you. And then you can go for me wow. and we'll just each cover both. Like we'll just cover both of us. Wow. Um, so he went in the middle of the school, like during my school year. So I didn't have to miss school. And then I went in the summer when I wasn't in school. So wow. very flexible for me. I, I have fantastic supervisors um, who knew that I really, like I wanted to get my schooling done and they were helping me. Like they were really guiding me and helping me so that I could have both my military life and my educational career in, in line. Yeah. That's, that's huge, man. I mean, in, in that sense, it is like, you know, a community where everybody and in the guard, like there's so many people have their outside careers and their outside aspirations that they, you know, you, they work, you guys all work together to like help one another achieve their goals. And so right. um, for those that are outside of it, like it's not as, I don't say it's not as militant in the military as you would think, <laughs> but it like, you know, it's, it's way it's way different than the movies portray it and you know society thinks about it so yeah that's awesome cool man well uh i appreciate you sharing your story I appreciate like i'm pumped for you i always love seeing people achieve like their high educational aspirations and all while doing it like with no to little debt like that's just it's huge because debt is just like it kills everybody you know right so to to be able to have that you know, achievement and that freedom starting out your careers. Massive, massive. I like to give people an idea of what like the, the two ends of the spectrum in the military are. And so I think everybody has a different military experience, but seeing 
a, you know, like in your experience, what is the best day and like the worst day of your, of your military career thus far? Um, I have to say like my two best days at this point have been the day I enlisted and the day I re-enlisted, I guess. <laughs> um, honestly, um, it's just like I, I, when I first enlisted, I was really happy. Like I'm just starting this journey. And when I re-enlisted, I was like, Hey, I've done this for six years, looking forward for like the next six years. And mm-hmm. like those have been fantastic days like for me. Um, I don't, I can't say I have, I've had a worse day. Um, mm-hmm. it, they've all, every single day individually, it has been a like learning experience, like whether positive or negative, you always take something out of it. Definitely. Um, some days are a little bit better than others for sure. Like with everything else in life, but like, it's just a learning experience regardless. So mm. I take the most out of everything and just, use it for the next day and just try to try to learn from that. Awesome. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So it's been a good experience overall. Is what it comes down. Absolutely. Uh, Love hearing it. Do you have any, uh, any closing, closing wisdom or anything or experience that you'd like to share? Well, I have to say like, like anyone who's going to listen to this and it's still in that like state of not really knowing whether Mm -hmm. this is something for them is like, it's it really i i honestly cannot recommend it enough like it's Mm. it's one of those experiences where regardless of what job you pick um you're always going to learn something like that it's going to benefit you regardless of what you're going to do later on in life um now don't don't let those like contracts that seem like six years is a lot because the big picture it just it flies by and it's like you're going to be in for a couple of years, be able to gain some valuable experience while being able to do some other things like go to school. And then if you decide like, Hey, maybe this is not for me. Well, then you already have all that experience and all yeah. that education as well. Like, and that's, that's yours forever to keep. Yeah. No one's going to take that from you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I honestly, I cannot recommend it enough. Like it's, yeah. it's been a fantastic experience for me and I've, I've learned and gained a lot from it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. I say that a lot, like do one contract and then decide if you actually want to do it, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can decide to make it a career after one contract or not. Um, and if you do once, then, then you're, you're better off than everybody that didn't, you know, and right. it's, uh, yeah. You don't know how good of a deal it is until after you do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. exactly right. Awesome. Well, thanks Walter. I appreciate you telling your story. Uh, congratulations to you. And I, I look forward to where you end up in both your careers that are both very promising and I'm sure you'll do well. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thanks brother. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Walter. Uh, like I said, really inspiring story and I'm super stoked for him. Super proud of him for his accomplishments and doing it all um, nearly debt-free. So huge props to him. And I hope that this episode uh, provides you with some kind of vision and imagination on ways to um, pursue your educational dreams uh, in a unique way and hopefully do it without taking out debt. And maybe, who knows, maybe you can even be something that benefits from Walter's um, persistence and, and hard work in getting that tuition waiver 
to go forward and and uh, benefit those pursuing JDs and MDs. So you never know. See you guys next time.